Hello, hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Brittany Smith Podcast. I am your host, Brittany N. Smith, and as always, we are back with another working episode where you're going to be taking some notes. Today, we are talking about resetting our financial thermostat. We have financial expert, Ms. Pamela Sams, and she's going to help us understand what that means. If you are, because I'm going to say this because there are a handful of men that have snuck through and listened to the show, but if you are a woman with a business, I guess if you're a man too, these <laughs> principles can translate. Um, but it's oftentimes, you know, we are by nature, we are the shoppers, we are the ones who are also managing households. And so, you know, you start your business and then you start to try to manage your business finances, but it's a little bit different. Um, and so we want to make sure that we are doing our business in a professional way, our business finances in a professional way. Um, so I'm sure Pamela is going to um, give us some insight as to how we can manage our money, how we can set our money up for success um, and all of those things. So Pamela, thank you so much for joining me today. Yes, thank you very much for having me, Brittany. It's a, it's a, one of those topics that come up all the time is um, how do I deal with my personal finances, but also how I deal with my uh, finances for my business, especially those entrepreneurs that are out there. And um, yeah, and I think it's a lot different than how you, you manage because you can't co-mingle. And sometimes we tend to do that as we start our businesses. So um, some of the things we'll talk about will really address probably not the smartest thing to do. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Listen, some of us are, are, are learners in such that it's better for you to tell us what not to do. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so exactly. we can look out for those things. Absolutely. Um, so tell us about your business, who you are, what you do, mm -hmm. um, how you arrived at this thing, because oftentimes as a, as an entrepreneur, your business is birthed out of something going on in your own life. So mm -hmm. tell us how you arrived at this and, and what you do exactly. Yeah, exactly. So um, I am a financial advisor. I've been practicing for the last 20 years. As of last month, January Ooh. 20, uh, 2002, I started my practice. So awesome. 20 years uh, in uh, financial services. And I started my career actually from, um, like you said, you know, it always starts with a story is really the transition with helping my mother uh, become a transition into being a widow. My dad passed away in 2001, September 2001, actually probably later part of 2001, which was maybe about 20 days past 9-11. Um, mm. So it was a very volatile time in the world and also in my life. So it really changed my trajectory and what I had was meant to do. Um, I had thought I was gonna go into investment banking, coming out with an MBA in financial management in 1999, then had two kids back to back in graduate school. Don't ask me, but that happened. <laughs> and then I was just trying to figure out what my next best step was. And then uh, unfortunately, my dad got sick and I was able to help my mother figure out her finances in that transition. So I figured there are other women similar to my mother that did not have a, a support system. I'm number seven of eight children. So she had plenty of support there. Um, but some other ladies may not have had that support um, earlier on, uh, trying to figure out finances on their home own, coming from a um, household where men took care of most of the household finances. My mother just turned 91 in December. Um, so from an older generation, Amen. trying to figure out money on her own was difficult. And right. so, like I said, I figured other women may have not had the support to do so. So I hung out my shingle in 2002, January. 
with the mission solely to help women understand their money, their finances, and make sure that they have a successful financial journey. So would you say that, I mean, I know you mentioned your mom and, and the transition and all of that, that really kind of stirred this up in mm-hmm. you. Um, was there a moment where it was like, okay, I have to do this? Like, was there something that kind of made you, you know, take that leap into mm-hmm. the business? Yeah. I mean, I think it was, like I said, that with the sole mission that I have to do this, there's other ladies out there who are probably struggling trying to figure it out on their own. Um, so that has always been my mission ever since I started my practice. And I use mission, but also, you know, I thought it was more kind of a ministry as well to really sure. teach and educate. I love doing, you know, shows like this and podcasts and workshops and seminars really to educate women in this area of money because we don't get a lot of it. We're taught younger. Um, and that you know, I'm sure we'll talk a little bit about um, you know, financial mindset, but that's kind of how we're taught earlier on as young girls that we're not good with the numbers. We're not good with math and we stay away from that. STEM has been tremendous and really re um, uh, changing the narrative with that. But earlier on, women were told, you know, why hurt your um, pretty head about the numbers and all of that. You'll have a man take care of you. Don't worry about it. Um, so we have a lack of knowledge in some, in some instance as it deals with our finances. So that has always been my mission is to educate and have women understand their money so they can be empowered and have changed the narrative for their future and understanding how to secure their uh, financial future on their own, whether they are part of a couple or whether they're on their own. Awesome. Awesome. Absolutely. And so I'm definitely one of those, um, well, I think I probably convinced myself that I wasn't good with numbers and good with math. Um, and then I somewhere the shift happened and I'm like, oh, wait, I do know how to do this or I can do this or I am good at it. I don't like it, but mm-hmm. you know, I can do it. Um, and so what would you say to the woman who feels like financially her portfolio is just a mess? Her habits are a mess. Like she feels too far gone. Uh, you know, like we're talking about resetting mm-hmm. our financial background, our financial thermostat. So um, speak to the woman who feels like, you know, it's a lost cause at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, as long as you're living and breathing, <laughs> there's no, there's no, uh, uh, you can't, it's always a time to, to change things around. Uh, as long as you understand that um, it's going to take some work. So identifying where you where the um, the gaps in your situation, what do you need to do in order to do that? And maybe you do seek help of a professional, a financial coach or an advisor uh, to really help you partner in on that journey uh, to financial independence. But first it becomes I want to make a difference and I want to change. But it also goes back to understanding what may be running in the background uh, of those um, of your financial mess, so to speak. I call it financial uh, ugly duckling situations. Um, if you if people want to visit my website, it's all about swans. And swan is uh, actually an acronym, which means sleep well at night. Um, so that's swans. And but it also is an acronym that meaning taking financial ugly duckling situations and turning them into beautiful financial swans. So it's all about swans. So it's understanding that you may have ugly duckling financial situations, but at some point you can turn that around and become a uh, more of a beautiful financial swan. But you have to understand what's going on. How were you raised with money? What the narrative was earlier on? 
um, how did your parents deal with money? How did, was it spoken within the household? That that's what sets your financial thermostat, but what you were taught, what you were learned, and then you can always reset and shift, but you have to understand where is it coming from it, uh, first. Absolutely. Um, it's funny because, you know, like you said, it's, we're taught a certain way. We watch certain things. Mm -hmm. You know, I've watched my parents, um, obviously more so my mother than my father. Um, but you know, she's the first point of reference I had for credit and credit cards, mm -hmm. you know, and I would marvel <laughs> at how she could, you know, squeeze a dollar over here and then come up with 500 over there. And it's like, how did you even, <laughs> and you know, it's just like, wow, if there's a whole science to it, but at the end of the day, like you said, the first step and ladies, I want y'all to, to make a, a note here. The first step to resetting the thermostat is recognizing that the thermostat is off. Yes. <laughs> if, if you are listening right now, there are some parts of your financial background that can be tweaked. I'm just, I'm going to make that huge assumption right now um, mm -hmm. because most of us are juggling multiple hats. We are mom, we are wife, we are sister, cousin, friend, we are minister, we are entrepreneur, we are a lot of different things. And if finances is not like your thing, like, oh, I just love finances, then most of the times it's one of those things that's kind of like, yeah, yeah, I'll get to it. Um, so the first thing is you need to take a look at the real situation because you can't fix you, what you won't confront. Right. And I know sometimes it's it's a scary thing like, oh, my gosh, my credit score. Oh, my gosh, my taxes. Oh, my gosh, my savings. Oh, my gosh, my budget. Oh, my gosh, my retirement. There's just so many different um, factors, I think, that make up our financial background. And, and those things can be intimidating. Um, so can you demystify, demystify? Yes. Demystify? You know the word. Yeah, I know. Demystify. Yeah, that. Okay. I was like, wait, demystify? Okay. So can you um, really kind of just shed some light on those things? I'm sure you've heard a lot um, of people and saying, oh, well, I didn't do this because of that. And it's like, well, where'd you get that from? Like mm -hmm. kind of talk through some of those things that you hear from everyday people that just simply either aren't true or, you know, misconceptions. Yeah, and we have a lot of them, <laughs> unfortunately, because like I said, that's the way we were raised and that's what we were taught. Uh, so sometimes new concepts or new uh, things that come into your life, you're a little skeptical um, sometimes on, is that going to work or I haven't heard of it? And, you know, we always ask our girlfriends and other people, have you heard of that? Are you whatever? And so it's really understanding um, the different things that may be out there. Uh, one that I get a lot is life insurance. You know, life insurance is one of those areas that we really just don't want to think about. We don't want to think about our finances. We really don't want to think about our more mortality. So life insurance is one of those misconceptions that sometimes like I got enough to work or I don't want to leave a whole lot of money to, to people. I'm not trying to pay, make people rich after I'm gone. Um, so, you know, life insurance can be used as in many, many instances, number one, a death benefit. But there are also benefits, living benefits to life insurance that people aren't aware of um, and have to be open to those ideas because you can actually build wealth uh, with life insurance policies and also transfer wealth to life insurance policies. So those are one of the misconceptions that I get a lot of times is 
the life insurance uh, situation. Um, the other one is, you know, how do I accumulate savings when I'm a bunch of debt? You know, so but you have to balance both as well. So do I use all of my resources to pay down debt, but then you don't have a, uh, an emergency fund or cash reserve and then you end up spending your wills because how did you get the debt in the beginning? I didn't have enough cash on this side in order to pay for that. And so it goes all automatically on, on a card. So you, it's a delicate balance between making sure you save some for um, emergency cash or cash reserve, but then also pay down your debt. Even if you start, you know, fairly small with something, it's it's giving getting you in the habit of saving and paying yourself. So really carving out enough that you're able to put away some money on the side for your for yourself, but then still paying down your debt. Um, you had mentioned kind of all these things coming at people all the time. Is that I I suggest people even if even if they have problems with they don't want to confront it or deal with it, maybe set aside what I call financial date nights. You can do it with a partner. You can do it a date night with yourself. But it's a special time where you sit down and you look at kind of the state of the union and what's going on in your finances. Make it fun, you know, maybe a glass of wine, cheese, crackers, whatever you want to do. But that will be that special time so you can take a look at it. Um, and you may look forward to it because you get a chance to do a little something fun along with looking at your finances. I love that. I'm like, ooh, you know, it's funny because my husband and I, um, we have this thing. It's like, okay, we need to talk money tonight, you know, <laughs> but it literally is us just sitting on the side of the bed. I have my little sheet of paper. I just recently upgraded us to doing something on the computer um, okay. only because I like to, I like to write, um, you know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, mm -hmm. I'm a tech person, but I, I'd rather feel the pen in my hand. But in order for us to really keep track of what's going on, um, I upgraded us to an Excel sheet finally. Mm -hmm. um, but to add the date night component, like you said, to make it fun, kind of rewires your brain to connect financial planning or financial work with something that is positive. Yes. It's not something that's negative and, uh, you know, it's a chore and I don't feel like it or I don't feel like being depressed because I'm going to do my budget and see all my money going out the window. Like, no, this is good because you are being responsible. Mm -hmm. You know, and if you are disciplined in it for a length of time, you'll start to see, you know, the the different columns <laughs> will start to shift exactly. if you're disciplined in the plan mm -hmm. that you set in place. So I love that idea. Um, and ladies, you know, we always talk about on the Britney Smith podcast, we talk about self-care. Believe it or not, even though this is not <laughs> typically associated with self-care, managing your finances is a part of self-care. Mm -hmm. Because when our finances are wacky, we are wacky. Our brain is not right when our finances are off. And so um, to Pamela's point, maybe even making this thing a part of your self-care regimen for the week or however often you want to do it. Um, but hey, I'm about to you know, run me a bubble bath, like you said, a glass of wine, light some candles, and I'm going to go through my budget in my head while I'm, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, whatever. Exactly. Or maybe you're listening to an audiobook that's going to help you shift your mindset. Pamela, do you have a podcast? I don't, but I have one in the works. <laughs> so look out for that soon. Maybe you're listening to Pamela's podcast, you know, <laughs> while you're in your bubble bath, just taking in the information, right? Um, so I definitely love that as a concept. Um, so Pamela, tell us um, if there were some things that we wanted to do today, you mentioned, you know, taking a look at the, the finances and seeing where you're starting. Mm -hmm. um, what are some practical um, 
financial care tips that we can maybe, you know, depending upon where we are, start to implement today. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And I know it can seem like a daunting task dealing with all of those different things that are coming at you. Uh, my philosophy is, is how do you eat an elephant? Basically one bite at a time. So take a uh, just a small section. Maybe you just work on your budget or maybe you focus in on your retirement plan or maybe you work off paying off of debt. So really seeing, especially, you know, every beginning of each year, we're past January, but a lot of times people make resolutions on I'm going to do better with my finances. So without a tw within a 12 month period, perhaps you spend time on one month, you go, I'm just going to focus in on how to deal with my budget, seeing that's what that's like maybe go to an all cash diet if I have problems with my credit cards and then work that. And then of course, uh, April is taxes and maybe you want to focus that. I, um, I always recommend doing a financial calendar. So that's, you're basically working on certain things throughout the year, but also those financial to do's like the financial date night, or I need to, to deal with my taxes or, you know, when do I need to pay my personal property tax or certain things throughout the year. So if you have it on an ongoing financial calendar, you don't miss it and you know what you have to do. Um, you know, I love checklists and to-do lists. <laughs> so having a financial calendar will, will make sure that's top of mind. So nothing falls through the cracks um, as well. But in terms of, you know, certain tips is really look at um, budget is always one of those big things for, for, um, that I recommend because we don't, I like, I think a lot of times people think they have one. It's more of a, I'm you, I'm, I'm spending money, which is basically cash management is not a budget. So putting parameters around or making that financial roadmap is where you need to focus in on. Um, so even if you freeing up certain cash flow, mint.com is really good to track your expenses. If you don't want to do old fashioned old school spreadsheet or anything like that. My mother for a long time, we used to ledger, you know, it's old school. So everything was written down on that. So whatever tool that you use, but uh, Mint now has a feature that'll tell you, you know, some of the areas that you're overspending. So for me, I just love music. So I have a gazillion of these apps that, you know, Spotify and all of these different things. And so the other day, you know, uh, Mint came back and said, hey, do you know you're spending $200 a month on subscriptions on a variety Ooh. of different things? My new business, like, oh, Mint. my Lord. Okay, <laughs> what is that? Between music and uh, magazines and all oh, of these yeah. sort of things. I said, I got to do better myself. So that's what I'm doing this weekend is going over, what is that $200? And yeah. can I eliminate some of those things? So really starting point on how do I free up cash flow for some things that could just be running that you are not even aware of. I'm sure that's probably what's happening to me. I signed up for something that's $9.99 and it's like takes forever to, to cause it's just 10 bucks and isn't that, you know, yeah. you're not gonna notice it. So you're like, eh, I'm just gonna let that. But over time adds that adds up, up. Yeah. and then you add something else on and you add something else on that's only $9. And then there you go, you're at 200 bucks or so. So how do you free up cash flow from a discretionary standpoint? things that you can get out or eliminate or reduce out of your budget. So I always have uh, my clients do an exercise, kind of a T-chart needs and wants. So what do you need? I need to, you know, basic Maslow's hierarchy of needs. I need to feed myself. I need to close myself, probably transportation. Those are going to be fixed expenses. And then on the other side of wants, um, you know, all of the nice things that you want to have, but if you didn't have them, you wouldn't miss it. Um, so really going through that exercise to see if there are some areas that you can free up cash flow. Because once you understand that you have extra money, 
then that's where you start applying those to your financial goals. I need to put more towards retirement or I need to start a, a college fund for my kids or I want to put a down payment on a house. How do I do that? Really looking at what your cash flow looks like. Did y'all hear what she said? She said in the needs column, clothes is in the needs column. So uh, <laughs> we can go shopping. No. <laughs> Basic clothing because you gotta oh, go. You just can't go around whatever. Right. Any, but we need clothes. See, because you know some of us have selective hearing. Like, okay, yeah, I know. She's like, she can't she's, say she can go shopping. Yeah, there like, I go. Pamela said, "Here I go. I'm just going to that." But yes, that's, that's awesome. Things. That's awesome. You mentioned a cash diet. Not mm -hmm. like, oh, that sounds interesting. So essentially with that is you're not using your credit cards. You're not swiping because because we know it's easy to swipe. swipe, it's swipe, easy swipe. To swipe. And before you know it, it, it literally just happened to me Christmas time. Um, you know, my account was looking a little lean mm -hmm. and then I had some money come in. And instead of taking cash out, I was in the stores like, wee, you know, just like living it up. And then the next week came and I'm like, where did all that money go? Where did all that money go? Exactly. When you go back and you check, and it's like, oh, debit, 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 debit. Yeah. Um, and so you know, and it really it's like the the potato chip effect. You know, you just keep eating because you don't realize you're not getting full, but you're putting away those calories. And next thing you know, you have a gut, and it's like, whoa, where did that come from? Exactly. Um, so no, so you you definitely listed a nice uh list of practical things to look at, um, you know, specifically even the subscriptions. Um, you know, when you said $200, I'm like, whoa. But at the end of the day, those things do add up. You mm -hmm. have your Apple Music, you have, yeah. um, you have what you call it, Netflix. And, and all these streaming stuff. services. Yeah, they you just all everything. <laughs> um, and so when you think about it, $200 a month for a year is $2,400. Mm -hmm. Did I do that math right? Yeah, that's a that's a good something. Like you could do something, something nice exactly. with twenty four hundred. That's a vacation or something, you know, like or, or an investment, right? Or, or an know. investment, exactly. <laughs> uh, to, to do that, but that's the thing about you know when you add it up that way. Like you said, these small amounts now, but if you add it up, and it's also an exercise I use with my clients. It's like you know, depending on what you want to buy it on, is it going to be worth? basically calculate out the future value of that particular purchase. So if that purchase is $20, $25. What is the future value of that 10 years from now, 15 years from now, and then make that decision. Do I need it now versus Ooh. I could invest that over time to equal a larger amount in, in the scheme of things in terms of your financial goals. So Absolutely. that's one of the things to think about is, is, is future, future money. <laughs> and we, listen, we, we as women, we're funny that way where we are also even selective in how we think about the future. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. we'll, we'll worry about the stuff in the future that, you know, isn't even worth worrying about. But then like you're saying in terms of planning, you know, we're kind of like, ah, we'll get to it. Yeah. Uh, you know, it, ah, nah. yeah. you know, that's what we do. And it's like, okay, yeah, exactly. We, and, that's, and that's the, that statistically or you know reports that I've read is that I think women particularly we have a, a hard time featuring uh, I guess viewing our future selves and what that may look like so what does Pam look like 10 years from now what does Pam look like 20 years from now and it's hard to project 
what that may look like. So I tried to, with my clients, bring that in. I was like, okay, does 20, 20 years from now, Pam, is she going to agree on this decision you made now? Is she yeah. going to like what you did now? So you can try to put yourself in that so you can project where that's in the future. Um, and one of the things that I tell people is that you're basically, if you if, if you start investing early now, you're basically putting dollars away on layaway for your future self. So Absolutely. that's what you're doing. So trying to project a little bit into the future. So these decisions that you make now is your future self going to be happy with that decision? <laughs> Absolutely. And so as we land the plane here, mm -hmm. um, what and, and honestly, obviously, you know, you want to save as much as possible or, you know, like whatever the best saving scenario you can set up, that's what you want to go for. But what would be a good number? Like, let's say, you know, I'm I'm self-employed. Right. And mm -hmm. so um, saving for retirement, like what's a good number to aim for um, as a good play or like, you know, a good solid retirement number? You know, mm -hmm. like is there wh where should we aim yeah, and that and I get that a lot, and that number is going to be different for for everybody, um, depending on what lifestyle that you're going to want in retirement. Well, um, so that's so. kind of in general. I know exactly. <laughs> I want the boats, I want the houses, and all of that. Um, so the, I guess the first, the easiest way to do it would be: How much are you spending now? What does it take to run your household now? Are you okay with that? And if you're not, maybe adding on a little bit more to that. So you can have the nice vacation homes and boats or whatever you want. And then basically multiplying that times about 25 to 30 years. That's kind of the average retirement. If you do a traditional um, age 65 to basically the longevity or between 90 and 95, if you're living, if you have um, people in your household who have lived longer, my mother's 91. So I guess probably gonna have some pretty good genes. So I got to plan accordingly. But whatever that number is, what are you making or what do you want to make? And then multiplying that out by about 25 and then factoring in a little bit of uh, inflation in that. But that gives you a, a, a yeah. at least a cut at what you what you're going to need uh, to live a, a decent retirement or a comfortable lifestyle in retirement. Um, a lot of times people say, yeah, I can live off of 70 or 80 percent. I always run it across the board just as if you were spending now because it's hard to decrease lifestyle than increase lifestyle. Nobody wants to give up stuff. So looking at what you're actually spending now and then perhaps even a little bit more because you want to do the nice things. You want to travel, you want ho you have hobbies and things like that. So you want to equate that um, to where that's going to be in retirement for you for a comfortable, sustainable life in retirement. Yes. Listen, what she's saying, y'all, is to thine own self be true. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know, I'm thinking like, hmm. When I am ready to retire, I would like to take my full staff with me. <laughs> exactly. I've got the nanny. I've got the chef. I've got the mm -hmm. chauffeur. You know, I just, I'm just believing God that that's the kind of life I'm, I'm gonna need to live. You know, mm -hmm. uh, but no, but that's a great, um, a great formula for us to even put in place now, um, because it also forces you to think generationally. Mm -hmm. um, like, I don't want to retire and then live through my retirement and then there not be nothing left when I leave up out of here. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? So like, mm -hmm. well, we can set that goal, but I want to be able to say, okay, that's the bare minimum. 
yes. you know, $3 million mm-hmm. is the bare minimum. <laughs> I, I want to exceed that. Um, so, so thank you, pa- uh, mm-hmm. Paula, Pamela, yep. <laughs> for, um, for that information. So um, in your, I'll say parting remarks, um, what, what, what lasting encouragement do you want to leave with us um, as we are, you know, this is the second, we're currently in the second month of 2022. Mm-hmm. Um, so looking forward to the rest of the year, how would you encourage us as we are resetting our financial thermostat? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think it's all about um, knowing what you want for yourself and then going for it. Uh, I mean, I always tell people you can do this. It's, it's, um, it takes some time. Uh, to focus in on it, because a lot of times people want to run away from it. Um, But really take your time. Do not um, discount yourself or any of those. And don't beat yourself up. Uh, I have people come to me like, I know I'm a hot mess, uh, but I can only take you from where you are making the difference on moving yourself forward. So don't beat yourself up if if nothing's perfect right now. Um, But understanding where you are and how you want to do better and then maybe like i said recruiting help if you need help um, as well because we can't do it all uh sometimes but i would encourage people to continue the journey um recruit the people that you need and then get accountability partners as well so you know if you tell somebody hey i'm going to start setting aside money for this and i'm going to start investing maybe you tell people i start an investment club or you set aside a certain amount or you guys do things together but it's understanding, putting people in your life that you're going to need on the journey. So just continue the journey. Be patient with yourself. It's not going to be an overnight situation, but those small incremental changes will get you from point A to point B in the most efficient manner as well. And then you'll be happy on that uh, along the ride, uh, but you'll be happy with your future self in the future. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Um, how can we contact you? How can we find you and connect with you? Mm-hmm, exactly. So I am all over social media. I have uh, an Instagram and Facebook uh, page. At, it's called at Jackson Sam's Wealth. Those are IG and Facebook. I am also on Twitter at Jackson Sam's WS because it only takes a certain amount of characters. Uh, so it abbreviated it. Uh, and then also if people on LinkedIn for professionals, I can be, um, I'm listening under Pamela J. Sam's uh, so you can find me there as well and look out for information. I, people keep telling me I need to do a podcast. So if I get one in, in place, I will definitely send it out to Brittany. So you guys can make sure when you're doing your financial date night and your bubble bath, you can listen in on that. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> Thank you so, so much ladies. I hope you got some nuggets out of this episode. I hope you are going to do your due diligence and do your financial work. I'm going to mark on my calendar for my financial date night, um, one with my hubby for the the household, but then one with myself for my business. Um, So listen, we're doing this thing together. If you have questions, if you have um, comments, make sure you comment on this. If you're watching it, comment below. If you're listening, you can put it in a review. You can follow and connect with both Pamela and myself. And we will see you next week in the Britney Smith podcast. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.